Hot con, hot con, hot con. <laughs> Yo, 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 my hotties. Welcome back to Hot Cont. This is Haley Hoff, and I'm excited to be back with a fresh new ep of the hot stuff for you today. We're going to do a big pop culture roundup this episode. It's been a while since we've kind of talked about the headlines, talked about what's going on in the world, in society, and kind of put our feelings about it all out there. Today, I have a friend who's going to be joining me on the pod to to give another perspective on what's going on, teach me a couple things about what's happening that I didn't know about, and vice versa. His name's Xavier Clark, and he's a wonderful guy. He's got fresh takes. He's a smart man. And he's got some really cool stuff going on in his own personal life that we talk about. So stay tuned. I'm excited to kind of just like talk about what's been going on. The last couple episodes have been so fun, but they've been very specific to one topic. And today it's going to be quite the opposite. We're going all over the place. We're covering, you know what, I'm actually not even going to say it at the top because I say it when I introduce Xavier. So we'll just start there. But um, yeah, it's going to be a fun one. So thank you for being here again. I'm going to plug the the abilities that you can support hot cont. Please follow the podcast. It means a lot. It helps us grow us podcasters. If you listen and like the podcast, please follow it. Um, that may that way you won't ever miss an episode, and that means I have your support all the time, which is incredible. And then if you feel like you are in a generous place financially and you want to help support the podcast, there's a way you can do that by donating a couple dollars a month to the pod. That's all linked through my website, but also on the Instagram. If you want to go follow on Instagram, it's hotcontpod. And on my link there in the profile, it's got every single thing I talk about on these podcast episodes linked there easily for you to find. I appreciate any and all support. You listening means the world to me. I'm so excited to keep this baby going. So I hope you enjoy this podcast recap of of what's going on in the culture, baby. It's a fun one. Stay tuned. And you can also leave feedback if you want on um, Spotify podcast. You can click on the link that you are listening to this from. If you're on Spotify, there's a link there that says you can tell me how you feel about the podcast. You can leave your thoughts. You can rate it. Please do that. I I look at them and people have already been doing that without me asking, which is so cool. Thank you if you're one of those people. Um, But yeah, please leave feedback if you feel so inclined or leave an idea of what you want to hear about on the podcast or my dms are always open also if you have something that you want to talk about or you want to hear me talk about i mean please send it my way and i want this to be an open conversation with you and me my hotties and hal (laughs) um and as per usual this this episode is going to get dedicated to a friend this one is going to be dedicated to allison you know who you are it feels right because you're friends with xavier i'm going to shout you out thank you for supporting the pod i appreciate it so so much and i hope you enjoy the ep because this one's all for you baby Okay. Yeah, you really worked hard. <laughs> she works hard for the money. 
Usually I give myself like an hour before somebody shows up here to do that, but you were here with me, so I had to... Listen, I stay ready, so you don't have to get ready. Truly. Oh my God. You hear that? I did hear it. Clink me. Cheers. That should be the beginning of the app, just like that. Mm-hmm. And just like that on HBO Max. Ah, season two coming soon. Very soon. Are you excited? I am, yeah, because I'll be working on a lot of their marketing stuff. Ooh, fun. Are you going to come to New York? <clears throat> I don't know yet, but that'd be cool. You should come to New York. I would love, look at how many chords, the ability to come to New York and hang out with Che Diaz. Che Diaz. Controversial Che. Rambo. <laughs> hey, it's me, Rambo. It's me, Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, incredible place for us to start talking. I feel like I hadn't even, that cr- hadn't even crossed my mind. It's something you're probably into, but you're into. Oh, I mean, I don't know if I'm into and just like that. I'm very into Sex and the City as a franchise. And so I think I support it because of yeah. my loyalty to the franchise. Yeah. But you and everybody else, I think. Uh, truly, truly. <laughs> but, you know, when they killed Big in episode one, I was like, okay, where do we go from here? That was shocking. Yeah, truly a shock. <laughs> um, I, I remember being like, there's no way this is real. There's no way. No mm-mm, way, no way. But mm-mm. sure enough, never I'm, came back. Because, like, we spent six seasons in the original series, right, waiting for Carrie to find someone, a mm-hmm. man, whoever it was going to be. And right. then, you know finds them and then we spend two movies mm-hmm. tracking their marriage and then he just dies and immediately 25 minutes in episode one heart attack i'm like Murder. where do we go from here so oh well then she has to get a podcast of course of course that's where it all turns to so speaking of podcasts welcome to hot con thank you everyone this is xavier clark is that yes, correct that's very I was correct. like, oh my god i hope yeah. that's your last name yeah you you, you didn't know my last name that's mm. great <laughs> thank you instagram <laughs> <laughs> xavier is a friend um but barely but actually feels like family yeah totally oh just like that already and just like that (laughs) (laughs) oh my god symbiosis Mm -hmm. and just last night over um a couple of martinis in a dark lit bar somehow i convinced you you convinced me that it was a good idea to come on the pod yeah and honestly i'm thrilled i'm thrilled you're having me truly because i did think about it i was like i should ask him and then i was like i don't want to corner him into thinking oh my god why not well i also didn't know that you were staying the night (laughs) That's also true. The terror on your face when I showed up with my suitcase. Was it terror? Are you? That's what it looked like on the outside. Oh no. Maybe on the inside it was something. I was genuinely excited. I just didn't know. So I was like, oh shit! When you walked into the bag, I was like, like, I didn't plan anything. (laughs) You like leaned in with your head to you. Like, are you? Are you staying the night? And I was like, oh shoot! Someone didn't communicate. Yeah, Michaela being that someone, but it's okay. It was so fun. Yes, very fun. But yeah, because originally I didn't know you were going to be staying the whole night, in my mind, I was like, we have a couple hours, I can't make it about me and ask you to be on the podcast. That's very generous of you. Very not Sagittarius of you. (laughs) (laughs) So now that I have another whole day, I was like, you're on. Yes. Yes. Happy to be here. Thanks for being here. Looking more handsome than ever. Oh, I try, you know. (laughs) It's a good idea to keep the the jacket on. Yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm really feeling it with the light on it, too. Yeah. Hot. Thank you. It is really good. Thank you. Bringing the hot to hot con, you know. Someone needs to, because it's not me. 
<laughs> Except for I'm like physically sweating right now, but um, that's the only kind of heat I'm bringing. That and my hot takes. Mm-hmm. I even wrote notes today, which is kind of a first. So I'm impressed. I'm thoroughly impressed by the research. Yeah, well, because I want this to be kind of like a pop culture recap episode. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about you too, yeah. but it's not going to be like full interview. It's going to be you and I chatting about all the things, a little bit interview, Great. and then you know, the traditional, I ask you what you're hot for, et cetera. That's the outline. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> so from the top, everyone, that's the run of show. Okay, so these are the topics that I think need to be discussed. Mm-hmm. And whether you're into them or not, we'll decide later. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Miley's new album, obviously. Yes, yes, definitely. The Oscars, even mm-hmm. though it's a little bit past the time already, we're already kind of too late, but I feel like something should be said on hot cont about the Oscars. Absolutely, better late than never. Exactly. Um, the leading lady of the Oscars, Ozempic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Need to mm-hmm. talk about that. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow's wellness Ooh, drama, which yeah. you clued me into and I did my homework on. Yeah, we got to address it. Um, you introducing me to the comeback last night. Oh, my God. I want to discuss that. I was curious if you are familiar with the Bravo bullshit that's going on, the drama. What's the Bravo bullshit? You know, the There's like Vanderpump, the Vanderpump. But- triad of drama do you not know about I it i don't know about it oh my oh god oh my god okay well maybe we start there you're you gotta loop me in on that one okay because <laughs> it's it's all i've been hearing about for the last two weeks and i don't even follow the show oh my goodness okay so just a sec but do you watch it i like watched an episode here and there amazing but I don't so you'll know more than watch i will <laughs> okay but i i can't wait to educate you okay. i'm gonna like mansplain something i don't know to you i love it do it okay law roach oh yes yes drama going around law roach yeah retired Yes, but did he? Mm, I guess questionable. It's it's up in the air. Taylor Swift era tour started last night. Oh my God! Right. Lindsay Lohan has a baby in her belly. Ah. Uh, Those are the hot topics that I have listed for us today. Great. Sound good? That sounds delicious. Okay. So before I, I think we're gonna dive into Bravo first. But before we get there, I need you to tell me a little bit about your media intake. Like, what is your pop culture routine? Where are you at? Are you like a, a heavy eater, a heavy consumer? Do you not care about pop culture? I get the vibe you do a little because every time I say something, you're mostly clued in. No, I'm very into consuming, devouring pop culture. I feel like I've always been into it since I was a little kid. Um, I feel like I was watched like uh, uh, TRL on MTV and just like getting the mm. scoop on what's mm-hmm. going on and TMZ and then reading the like, you know, paparazzi sections of the newspaper. Yes. And so from a young age i just like grew up to to condition myself like yeah you just that's what you do you devour <laughs> pop culture and that is how you become a good human <laughs> so i feel like i just have to do my civic duty you know as a good human that's a hot take i like that so as people who consume pop culture we are actually good citizens yeah absolutely and Top the ones tier. who don't are bad citizens we heard it here first yeah okay so because you grew up in turkey which mm-hmm. we'll talk about were you watching trl in turkey yeah yeah. Okay. Yeah, we we had you know this little service that like would provide us American mm. channels, and mm. so I would go in and you know I would watch my cartoons earlier in the day, and then around like four o'clock, you know, yeah. TRL, Carson Daly, <laughs> yep, <laughs> delivering the real news. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The only news that really matters. Were your peers also watching MTV? No, not really. Okay. They weren't really watching it, so it was just me, and I'm I'm an only child. Oh, wow. So I didn't even have like a sibling to dish it out with. So I was just like dishing it out with myself. 
Wow. Yeah, we'd be like, oh my God, look at Beyonce's top, you know, on, <laughs> on, on, for the performance of Survivor on TRL. <laughs> You're just like, dear diary, today. Yes, exactly. Well, you are a writer, so did you write in a journal a lot? Yeah, that's how I became a writer, honestly. Oh my God. <laughs> About TRL? TRL, yeah, that's how it all started. <laughs> I hope you're not yanking my chain. Oh, I guess only time will let us know. <laughs> yeah, time if I can travel back. Oh my God. Okay, well, regardless, I love that story. So whether it's true or not, I'm holding on to it as truth. <laughs> um, okay, so now, currently, are you like, are you watching reality TV? Are you watching, like, what are you doing now? Where are you at with your, your intake? Yeah, I'm a big reality TV junkie, mm, you know? God, honestly, thank God. <laughs> I think, you know, my obsession definitely started with the Kardashians back in 2007. Mm. I've, I've seen all seasons, every episode, every iteration of wow. the Kardashians. Okay, uh, cool. We can talk about that. And I'm not afraid to admit it. Um, Do you have a favorite Kardashian? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Kim? No. Oh. Chloe. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, can, I can fucks with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. What do we think about the Jenners? You know, they're okay. Mm. They're okay. I mm. prefer the Kardashians over the Jenners, but... Mm. They're okay. Okay. Yeah. I feel like you have a lot hiding behind that. There. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> if you're going to do it, this is the place. I guess, yeah, this would be the place to do it. You already threatened me that you're canceling me on this episode. So let's just go in together. Oh, that's true. Let's just dive in together. Two Sages. Two Sagittarius is going down in flames. <laughs> it's only right. <laughs> okay. So keeping up with the Kardashians, I actually am enjoying their Hulu show. I know, me too. I mean, I know they had, like, the CGI tear moment in season two. Um, oh, I don't know about that. <gasps> I also have only seen a couple episodes of season two, so maybe I haven't seen it. Well, it was, like, the first episode of season two. Someone had fake tears? Yeah, when, like, Kim is talking about, like, Chloe and how sad it is that, you know, this, this has happened happening. to her, or, her again. She's, you know, and it's, like, right before she's about to have her second baby via uh -huh. surrogate. Uh -huh. They have, like, a baby shower, and Kim is, like, giving this, like, whole speech at the baby shower, mm -hmm. you know, and she gets all emotional, and she's like, you're going to be the best mom ever. You know, she does uh -huh. her, like, fake crying voice, and then, like, you know, it looks like she's crying, she's wiping something away, but then, like, people on TikTok actually, like, zoomed in, and were, like, pointing out how it's, like, not oh. real, because a tear isn't actually originating from, like, inside the eye, no. like, literally just, like, comes out of nowhere. It's full it's on like CGI. It's like down the side of her cheek. Yeah, it oh really is. So they got like called oh. out for, for, you know, <laughs> adding VFX. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that shouldn't be a surprise. Everything they do has got some sort of manipulation in it. But I love that. Yeah, we love them for it, honestly. And because we love it, yeah. they are still relevant and they're still hot. Right. And even if you don't love it because we're talking about it, it only makes them hotter. Exactly. Wow. Okay, I can't wait to go back and watch that. You should. Yeah. But yeah, something about their drama... I eat it up. Yeah, me too. It's easy to. Yeah, so easy. And, and like the aesthetics of Kim in her new era of like the skin tone vibe, I'm really attracted to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm eating it up. And we live, you know, you know where we live. Yes. Skims Central. Like yes. La Cienega is just like mm -hmm. all Skims ads, WeHo, everywhere. It's like I'm yeah. just seeing it and I'm like, I want to buy everything. I know. It's like Skimsville up in here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's great. And also, you know, last year around this time when she, you know, went on the Vanity, was it Vanity Fair or Variety? That when she, she had the, all the you know, icons. Well, it was the one where she was like, you know, 
it seems like nobody wants to work, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, you have yeah. to surround yourself with people who want to work, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, I feel like if it were anyone else, right, like they would just be like removed from culture, right, mm-hmm. but it's like Kim, so it's like, <laughs> we drag her, but we also love to drag her, right. so it's like. And then she becomes a meme that becomes bigger than all of it, and therefore she's remaining relevant and popular. Exactly, and all of a sudden like skim sales have gone up, you know. Right. <laughs> have you heard of the podcast Sounds Like a Cult? Yes. Have you listened to the Kardashians one? I have listened to the Kardashians yeah, episode. Yeah, that's interesting. Very interesting. I, I enjoyed listening to that because I don't really consider myself a big Kardashian follower. I don't like follow any of them on Instagram. I don't mm-hmm. really keep up. But I feel like in this last year with the the beginning of their new show, I think I was late to it, but I watching their new show when, when Kim was dating Pete, of course, I was like a little bit interested in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was one of those followers where I was like, Ooh, like I'm going to follow along. I liked her on SNL. I will admit, I thought she was great. She did a great job. So honestly. then I was like, Oh my God, like I'm into Kim Kardashian right now. And now, so I'm like, okay, where am I in the cult? Mm-hmm. I'm like an mm-hmm. outer rim, but I think I'm still considered a part of it. Yeah. I'm buying, I'm buying it to some degree yeah to a certain degree and they've they've crafted it in such a way that it's very hard not to buy into it if you're someone who is uh, an avid you know Mm -hmm. consumer of pop culture Mm -hmm. because they're just ingrained into the culture so deeply that it's like hard not to consume it and hard not to be a part of the cult in some way sounds like you might be like a leading member of the cult i might be (laughs) i just might be (laughs) have you do you follow the TikTok of North and Kim? Oh, I do. I do. That is crazy. And I love that they turn the comment section off. Yeah. So nobody can, no you know, can say, anything. say anything. It's like safe. Yeah. It's it's crazy. You know, Those I'm like, kids. I guess it's responsible, you know, as a mom to like shield your child sure. from, you know, the vile threats. No, I think it's from the internet. It's absolutely necessary for the comments to be off, but it's also just crazy that it still exists in a public facing way like, right they right. should have that but like if north wants to make tiktoks great but maybe don't have it with a billion followers like, i know still do it privately in some way i know i know <laughs> or like have like a fake account that no one follow. i don't know anyways i digress but it's interesting to watch and it makes me think about Ooh, one other thing. Do you follow the Kardashians colloquium or whatever on instagram no i don't oh, know about God, that what's that later. one it's this woman who is a I want to say like social psychologist, behavioral, some, she's a smart, smart woman mm-hmm. who looks at everything the Kardashians does and their impact on society through like a, oh my God. Sociological. So, thank you. Sociological <laughs> professional perspective. And it's fascinating. Mm. It's so good. The Instagram's great. I'll, I'll try and link it somewhere because it's so cool. Yeah. I definitely want to check it out. Yeah, Kardashian colloquialism or colloquial something mm-hmm. a lot of k's <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway so let's go back to bravo now so you you're a kardashian watcher you watch housewives i do watch housewives in particular beverly hills and atlanta okay atlanta yes oh atlanta's the best is it oh everybody knows atlanta's the best everyone's been saying potomac i know i feel like potomac has upped their game in the last season or two and so people are starting mm. to sort of like put it up there but yeah. i think atlanta will forever reign supreme oh my god mm-hmm. okay well if i were to go and watch some at- atlanta where would i start where would season you nine watch season nine. Oh, you were ready yes <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. phaedra's last season and it's fiery okay yeah and kenya's just out of control it's the best okay 
I have homework. Yeah. So you're in the Bravo universe and you don't know about what's going on right now. No, I don't know about Vanderpump Rules. Fill me in, please. So again, I don't watch. I've had a lot of people in my hot con DMs being like, you have to cover this. And I was like, oh my God, Mm. how? I don't watch. (laughs) But I've seen enough videos now and people have sent me links. Long story short, the Toms. Tom Sandoval. Oh, right. The two Toms. Tom Sandoval cheated on Ariana or Mm -hmm. Ariana, his longtime partner with... Raquel. Yes. Who's another castmate, apparently. Yes, yes. And that's basically the tea, but I think there's been, like, a lot of weird stuff as it's unfolding of, like, Mm -hmm. who's saying what, whose lawyers are doing what. There's, like, a lot of rippling out scandal. Yeah. But the main thing is that he's been having an affair with her friend, who's another castmate, for, like, seven months or something, and it all spilled out because a video he recorded of them sexting. It's not sexting when they're on the video. What would you call that? Like screen record? Yeah, like sex sex videoing. Oh, sex videoing. Like <laughs> sending each other like explicit videos. Yes. Oh. What do you call that? That's not sexting, is it? No. It's under the sexting umbrella, but it's um, cyber sex. Yeah, I guess cyber sex. That's a great <laughs> way to put it. Cyber sexing. Yeah. And oh, it wow. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it for me, right, hearing that, it begs the question of, you know, is this a pl- publicity stunt? Because yeah. all of a sudden, right, this scandal comes out and everybody's talking about Vanderpump Rules. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were kind of dead for a while. Like, nobody really was talking about Vanderpump Rules for a minute. And so, I don't know. It, to me, it sounds a little sketch. I'm like, this sounds yeah. fabricated. Yeah, and a lot of people are saying that. Yeah. To be honest, I didn't even know Vanderpump Rules was still on. I thought it was an old show. So I mean, it is, but... <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong there <laughs> do you go to their bars or restaurants because they're all over WeHo. no no what my friend came to visit me in la once and she is an avid mm. like vanderpump rules fan watches beverly hills like loves lisa vanderpump yeah and she was like i have to go see sir like yeah. i have to go take yeah. a photo in front of sir and this was like 2020 so like everything was still like shut down mm. it was like heavy lockdown you know we were walking around with masks right. and i like still have a f- like photo of her on my phone uh, it's like nighttime <laughs> and like sir is closed <laughs> tears a cgi tear yeah going down cgi tear going down her oh yeah i'd kind of like to go i mean ugh. It means nothing to me, but now there's just so much talk about it. It feels relevant, so I'm curious. But also, I have a friend in town right now who we met up with the other night. We went and saw a show at UCB, and I was looking for like a bar nearby UCB mm-hmm. to get a drink before. Yeah. And I saw this place called Schwartz and Sandy's Lounge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a nice dive bar. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And then I go to Google Images just to like make sure that it's like legit. And it's all these photos of Tom's hand of all with like women. And I was like, oh, that's weird. That's that guy that's currently in the drama. And then I read some reviews, and sure enough, it's their bar, which makes oh, sense. Oh, yeah. Sandy and Schwartz, whatever mm-hmm. the fuck it's called. So and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Let me see if like we can go. Because um, we're going to go there anyway. And I was like, yeah. now, of course, I want to go now that this drama's happening. <laughs> um, but I tried to book a reservation, and they were like, if you don't show up in time or if you cancel for any reason, it'll be $40 per person oh. cancellation fee. And I was like, There's, that's crazy. And there was seven of us. And I, like, I'm not going to put that reservation under my name because right. there's a chance we might not make it. So. Right, right, right. Oh, oh, this is what I want to say. On um, There was an article that went out about mm-hmm. it saying that their businesses have actually been twice as busy the last few weeks, to your point. 
and people are making reservations under fuck Tom Sandoval and like showing up and like buying drinks, but like leaving notes and shit all over the place being oh like team Ariana. Whoa. Sounds dramatic. <clears throat> but if they were doing it for business, they're getting the business. Exactly. Yeah. Marketing, it's, baby. It's all marketing. Like I, like I was saying, it's like, you know, Kim with her whole like, you know, get your ass up and work scandal. Mm. Um, I know we're going to get to it, but like Gwyneth Paltrow with her whole yeah. like wellness routine interview, like right. promoting her all her goop products, mm. essentially. It's it's hard. I feel like pop culture has become so intertwined with consumerism in, in this in the sense of like capitalism, really. Yeah that it's it's really hard to take any of what's happening at face value and mm. to not look at it from the lens of it's a marketing ploy, you know, to get people to, 1, you know, come to their establishment more or to purchase the products that they're selling or yeah. whatever it is that other ven- business venture that they've sort of like gone on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like people's sort of pop culture brand is now also their like business brand. It's all one. Speaking of which, what should be my scandal for Hot Con so that I can get some more um, growth? I feel like your scandal <laughs> needs to be like with like Sun Life Organics. Oh, honestly. <laughs> Quick plug. Oh, I should have probably taped it out. And you know, maybe not. Maybe they maybe will not. see this and they'll be like, we want to throw money at you because our smoothies are $30. Here's Absolutely. 15. Absolutely. Half of each smoothie goes to Hot Con. A win is a win. I wonder if they would find my brand appealing to their brand. Probably not. They could. You never know. Never say never. Well, I look forward to my scandal. But you're totally right. And I think everything we all do, even individuals, were somehow, without realizing it, looped into the consumeristic marketing ploy of like even wanting to grow our own social media channels. Whether right. we're wanting to intentionally or not, I think there's this inherent desire to like present a certain way, grow a certain way, so yeah. that people are attracted to you. And that's... Yeah very 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 looped in to capitalism and especially when people have influence like it gets out of hand so yeah totally let's talk about Gwyneth you went there let's go there oh Gwyneth girly oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so take it tell us what happened and then I will try and pepper in my thoughts so she did this interview with I forget what his name is but he's some sort of wellness doctor he has a big following on on TikTok okay. and she did this like personal interview right it wasn't like a goop interview it was like a Gwyneth Paltrow talks about wellness interview mm. and in it you know he asks about you know what's your wellness routine and to which Gwyneth replies with this huge list of just arbitrary things that she does on a daily basis you know Mm. like oh I try to do intermittent fasting and I only eat keto and I usually just have bone broth for lunch and I go in my sauna for 30 minutes a day Mm -hmm. and you know all these things that well one you're listening and you're like you're not eating anything yeah. Like, that's not actually, like, a wellness diet. Right. You're just starving yourself. You're starving your mm-hmm. body. And two, you look at all the things that she's talking about, and they're actually all items from her brand, Goop. Right. Like, if you literally go on the website, it's, like, 
you know, she has her own bone broth. She has her own infer sauna that they sell mm. for like $6,000 or something. Yeah. And, and again, it goes back to this idea, right, of like even this like personal interview about herself yeah. becomes about her brand and trying to sell yeah. all these products. And, and in the midst of it, also just like deceiving people who are actually looking to this wellness doctor on TikTok for, you know, advice that they might want to apply to their lives right. and and you you wonder like how much of it is actually like responsible here yeah so i didn't know about this went and did my homework first thing i want to say is the bone broth mm. we have to just say it <laughs> i know i know that you don't want to be outed so maybe i won't bring you into this i <laughs> have had gwyneth paltrow's bone broth and it slaps <laughs> And I would love to have it for lunch every day, personally. So consider me someone on the side of her marketing ploy, whatever that was, sold. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the deal, right? Like, bone, no one's saying bone broth is bad or that it's not, you know, sufficient enough food. But if that's the only thing you're having, you're doing intermittent fasting, right? Which means mm. that you're only really eating from the hours of, like, what, noon to four, or one to five, whatever. Yeah. And the main thing you eat is just bone broth and you're starving yourself all day up until that point, right? Yeah. And you're also doing, like, she talks about how she, she does, like, Pilates and yoga yeah. and all these, like, high-intensity, like, mm. workouts. It, it, that can't be good for you. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a lot of people in the, the body eating mm. disorder communities speaking up about it and it makes sense like obviously that that little clip of whatever she's saying about her routine paints a picture that she doesn't eat much she exercises a lot she fasts for half of the day and yeah of course it's like whoa like that's not a good message and a lot of people are going to just take that clip and run with it now I also went deep on this because I wanted to talk about it Gwyneth comes out with an apology video have you seen or not an apology video an explanation video have you seen oh, it oh I don't think I've seen the explanation video she says that the clip's being taken a little bit out of context because they were speaking at large about this anti-inflammation diet that she's currently on and like with that doctor who prescribed it to her. And it's what she's currently doing to like really help her inflammation. So it's not like her daily practice. Mm. It's like a very specific practice that she's doing. And she still eats like a lot of meats and stuff. And that's maybe not included in there. So long story short, it sounds like this is not a real true story of what she does but it it doesn't matter at the end of the day because this clip has gone very viral and it's being pulled out as this like clearly the, whoever did that podcast pulled that clip for a reason right. and that's what's gone viral and so it's painting this story that like that's all she does and it's like that's the danger of just anything clickbaity like pulling because it's it's creating a story but Gwyneth Paltrow's always been somebody that triggers that that story is like okay she's this like thin rich white woman who like promotes this certain wellness story and like it's not realistic for everybody it's not healthy for everybody it's not attainable for most so like she should be aware of that when how she's speaking but I think it's just an interesting topic because I totally agree with what you're saying and I agree with like the people online that were like this is dangerous this language and this rhetoric is like gonna make people think that that's a healthy way to eat and it's not and I also hear that, like, from her side, in a journalistic standpoint, she, a clip was pulled that doesn't represent the whole story. And that's also hard because, like, you know, if someone pulled a clip of me saying something, I'm sure it would come across kind of crazy, too. Yeah. And I think, you know, especially, you know, I, he I hear all of that. And I think that makes perfect sense. But in the video, right, he says, well, what does your wellness routine look like? 
And so, and again, it might be just the editing of it all, right? It yeah. truly could be things being taken out of context um, that gave it a whole new meaning. But, you know, when the question clearly is, what is your wellness routine? Yeah. And then she yeah, goes fair. on to list those things. Yeah. There's already a clear narrative that is being portrayed there yeah. um, through the language um, that, like, regardless of whatever the intention is, it still carries um, yeah. danger. Like, you know, yeah. a lot of the people on, on social media uh, and the body positivity community have been talking about. Yeah. So, I don't know. Someone was saying, like, you know, the they refer to, like, this group of um, actors, celebrities, like, that came up sort of in the 90s, early mm. 2000s, like, sort of like the generation of celebrities that, like, gave everyone, like, you know, mental health issues around eating and, and okay, their bodies okay, yeah. and everything. Um, and, and the ways in which they're, like, shifting the way in which they're uh, – further triggering uh, mm. larger communities um, mm. through their behavior. If it's not sort of like what they were on the red carpet, now it's like, mm. you know, their, their, their wellness um, right. uh, brands or Kim Kardashian with like skin right. or whatever it is, right? Like really making people feel like they're not enough. For sure. And the wellness industrial complex is, is rotten in a lot of ways because it promotes this lifestyle for a certain type of person, again, that's... Yeah, I don't know. It's just not holistic in the like greater sense of like speaking to every type of person, every body, every health background, every ability background. And then on top of it, you add the money and the wealth and the fame and the kind of influence that these people have like Gwyneth and, and Kim. And it's like because of their power, they just can get away with so much more. And that's what's really scary about it. Absolutely. But back to the bone broth that she sells. <laughs> I'm... I would have never bought it in my life, but Michaela came home with it one day from leftovers from your guys' work, and I was like, what is that soup I just had? It blew my mind, and now I've been making my own bone broth. So, Nice. Anyways, love that. Love some, like, thoughtful feedback on Gwyneth. I tend to find myself, and I don't really – I need to, like, explore this a little more, but I think I tend to find myself in some ways feeling defensive or, like, protective of her specifically because I've heard on multiple podcasts about how she – is specifically very triggering for a lot of people hmm. because of her wellness for, because of goop in a lot of ways but also because before goop she was like the thin blonde actress that like represented a lot of bullshit and she owns some of that which i appreciate i think mm -hmm. that's why i kind of feel like i like her is because there does seem to be a certain level of awareness of like her impact and her negative impact and like what's happened in the past but also like she shares the story of how her and her ex-husband broke up and were like amicable and like still have a really beautiful relationship now and like people were upset about that she kind of was like everything I do seems like the world hates me for and mm. that's a little victim the way I said that it sounds like very victimy but she says it differently and I just think it's interesting because it's like anything she does people are ready to attack and I think the goop especially that being like an elevated wellness brand is very easy to attack and I'm guilty of doing it too like I'm like I don't want to buy anything from goop Yet I also feel some sort of like conflicted energy around like bashing her specifically for everything she does. It's something I need to kind of think about more. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you I think when you sign up to be in the public eye in the way that she has. Right. Mm -hmm. Since her early days of, of being, you know, an A-list actor. I think you sign up for a certain amount of accountability 
or yeah. what you say and what you do in a way that maybe someone like you or I don't have to because we're yeah. not in the public eye in the same right. way. And there is like with great visibility comes great responsibility, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, we live in a time and age, especially with social media being so popular and prevalent, right? That that idea of, of these people in the public eye having responsibility, I think they they tend to forget that. And I understand, like, they're also human and, yeah. you know, they make mistakes. And, and I'm glad to hear that she issued this video and I'm interested to, you know, go and watch what this response was. Yeah. But I do think that, you know, they need to be reminded of the fact that like yeah. when you're in the public eye and you're that visible and you have that much agency and reach you have a responsibility and you gotta you gotta be mindful of what you say when you say it and 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 who you're saying it to right yeah like i i personally i don't buy that gwyneth had no control over the edit of yeah this video and what yeah. got published you know like I, i'm sure her lawyers drew up a big contract and <laughs> some fair. sort of you know yeah. nda that that gave her a lot of privilege around what was getting posted so yeah i think it's a it's a tricky complex yeah gray area i'm going to continue to watch the conversation and see and and check my own bias about like what i'm feeling about it totally gwyneth I don't know, her inside her house on AD. Do you ever watch those YouTube videos? I do. I love those. Me too. Hers made me laugh a lot, though, because just the way she speaks about things, she's like, I've got this giant sculpture made. <laughs> it reminds me of my time when I lived in Paris. And, like, she goes on this long anecdote about it. And, like, the tiles of this bathroom are, like, reminded. It's, like, <laughs> everything. It's, like, so ridiculously, like, wealth explosive in your face. It's yeah. like, oh, my God. Right. In her, her spa inside her house. Yes. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like oh my god. That's the video that like the meme came from, right? Where she's like doing her like skincare, and she's like, "Well, it's time for me to go to bed. It's been a long day." <laughs> Have you seen that? No. Oh my god! You need to watch. It's like a big meme where people will like post it and be like, "Me barely doing anything in one day." And like, well, guys, that's it for me. It's been a long hard day. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, she's just been sitting in her spa. Literally eating Amazing. bone broth. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the Oscars briefly. Did you watch? I did watch, yes. Okay. What, what were you rooting for, movie-wise, actor-wise? Where were you at? Well, definitely team, everything, everywhere, yeah. all at once. And everything. they took it home. They swept it up yeah. and left no crumbs. Yeah, it was so nice to see. Yeah, Key's acceptance speech was, I was crying. Oh. <laughs> it was so beautiful. I actually, so I only got to turn it on at the end. I didn't get to see them. But I went back and watched his on YouTube. But yeah, oh. So sweet. I mean, all of their, the whole team, I was really impressed with the Daniels. I didn't really know them personally. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. I knew the names, I knew kind of their work, but the way they spoke also, I was really impacted by. I thought it was, every speech was great from yeah. their team. And I think this is the first time a, a, a film or like a duo writer, director duo has won best screenplay, best director and best picture mm. in the same year. So oh, it's, wow. a, it's a huge, huge accomplishment because um, wow. I think it's always there's always this like unspoken myth that like, you know, they don't give the director and the screenplay the Oscar. It's like always they try to separate the two. OK. And and this was the first time it's happened where it's like 
screenplay, director, and best picture all went to the same movie. Mm, Gucci, 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 baby. Yeah, they deserved it. They really did. That movie they really was special. Did. It was unlike anything I've ever seen. I know. So wonderful. And the acting. I mean, Michelle Yeoh, just... Incredible. I don't know how she did it. It's it's Incredible. out of this world. I actually am really looking forward to watching it again. I feel like it's one of those movies that you could probably watch ten times over and be picking up so many new details. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm also glad they won editing, best editing. I mean, they should for sure. I mean, they I remember should. watching that movie and being like, "Oh my god, what a nightmare to edit this!" Because it was clip 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 like every five minutes. Yes, Ugh. not a single frame wasted. Crazy the amount yeah. of effort that went into building those shots to editing them down. The cast had to do so. It was just like mind-boggling the effort that went into make that movie. Absolutely. I will say though, I was you know bummed about Angela Bassett. You yeah, know, she didn't do the thing at the Oscars, <laughs> and that was a big bummer. That you was know? the upset of the night because it's been a long time coming for her. I mean, okay, she's one of the most you know iconic actresses of our time, and. Yeah. You know, she's done so many wonderful acting jobs. And, you know, the only other time she was nominated was for um, What's Love Got to Do With It when she played Tina Turner. Oh, wow. That was the only other Oscar nomination. And she she didn't win. She lost. Mm. So, you know, people were like, she's finally getting her flowers with this nomination and the anticipated win. Mm. And when it didn't happen, it was a... big letdown yeah Yeah. that's a bummer yeah i've heard people talking about that a lot i again i wasn't watching during that part but i i was surprised kind of that jamie lee curtis won people were saying that she won most likely because it was like a lifetime achievement award i don't know what that means but i've heard people say that and i'm like okay well does angela bassett have more opportunities coming in the future hopefully not really yeah i mean maybe but you know I wouldn't say any more than Jamie Lee Curtis. Right. I mean, I think they're similar in age That's kind range. of what I was thinking. That 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 feedback was interesting to me because I'm like, I feel like they're similarly placed both in like their work and their age. And yeah. does Angela Bassett really have... I mean, is there another Wakanda movie going to come out? She's done. You, you didn't watch Wakanda Forever? Oh. <laughs> no. She dies, so... Oh, shoot. Oh. <laughs> Oopsies, shows what I know. <laughs> I was like, wait, is this a trick question? <laughs> I'm like, she's got a couple more of those. She's got a couple coming, right? No, she she died. Shoot. Yeah, okay, yeah, so that, that was her last movie. Hard. So, okay. you know, that was part of it also was that, you know, they were like, oh, this is her last one. Like, yeah. she's going to win. And, you know, some people also say, like, because it's a Marvel movie mm. that, you know, the Oscars has a thing against, like, superhero movies. Mm. And, you know, that they didn't want to give it to her because it's a Marvel movie rather than you know whatever but i don't know you know i think about their trajectories and like you know angela bassett she went to grad school for acting you know she got her mfa from yale she was Mm. doing theater all in new york and then like got into film and tv like she's like worked her way up from the ground up and i'm not saying jamie lee didn't but she even said it she was like my first acting gig i got it because my Mm. mom or dad one of them was like the lead in like the show or something it was jamie lee a nepo baby oh yeah who are yeah. her parents oh i forget their names david but curtis and layla curtis something like that <laughs> but they were both big like actors okay. they were they both had oscar nominations and, mm. and she got her first acting job i think when she was like 19 or 20 and it was on the show that like her parents were oh. acting in so juicy yeah 
And she she acknowledges it too, and she's spoken out a lot about the whole like nepo baby okay. criticisms okay. and has, has has spoken about it. And I and I think she has a great way of putting. It. She's like, yeah, it did give me a leg up, but like, it's like once you get your leg up, that leg up, you also have to work, right? Like to to sustain it, like, right? It's not just like things keep coming. It's like yeah, you also got to put in the work. Like our friend Lily. Who's Lily? I'm forgetting her last name. Who's oh, Lily? Depp. Lily Rose Depp. Oh, Lily Rose Depp. Lily Rose right. Depp. She right, also right, was right. like, I don't have a... No, I'm te- I was teasing. She oh. had a bad Nepo baby argument. Oh, she did? Yeah, basically oh. it was like, I don't have a leg up. I'm working my ass off, which is like fair. You can defend that you worked your ass off. You still have to have talent once you enter the room. I get that. Yeah. But it was just kind of through this lens of like, I didn't get a leg up. And it was like, you did. if you can own that you did and then still say that you had yeah, to work hard, everyone's yeah. going to like you more. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Which I feel like Jamie Lee Curtis definitely um, acknowledged in a, in a nice way. So I don't yeah. know when you put her trajectory against Angela Bassett, it's, it, it's kind of hard to yeah. not see it as unfair. Well, I hope Angela Bassett gets to do her thing. Yeah, I hope so, too. Mm. At least she's got that going for her. Right. At least she's still like having a viral moment. Yeah. Well, that was another thing is that, you know, because Ariana DeBose, who, you know, did Did the the whole meme, right? (laughs) You know, she won the Oscar last year for Best Supporting Actress for West Side Story. So everyone was like, oh, my God, she's going to present the award to angela bassett this year oh. it's going to be like a whole like bring back yeah. of the the meme yeah. and so then when she didn't win it was like oh damn like oh, missed opportunity yeah. you know <laughs> oh, the meme can't keep going no oh, no <laughs> oh well i think otherwise i was really thrilled with the the outcomes of who won what yeah i was very happy for brendan fraser yeah that it was seemed, a wonderful win i didn't see the whale it's a good, it's a good movie, and he's doing really wonderful work. I just, I thought it was going to be Austin Butler because of you know all the buzz and everything else he's yeah. won. But I really was hoping that Brandon Fraser would win. He was so emotional in his his speech. He was. It was really sweet to see. Yeah. What well, you do know about his whole like journey? In Please Hollywood. explain it to me. Someone kind of gave me a short story of it, but I don't really get it. So you know, he was really big in the '90s, like mid to late '90s into mm-hmm. the early 2000s, and was one of the highest paid actors at the time you know tarzan yeah literally yeah, yeah. george of the jungle um, george of the jungle yeah <laughs> <laughs> Same but <thing>. close yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you know and then he did the mummy movies oh yeah which you got paid i heard it was like 11 million dollars per movie you know Damn. um but then he was um he was sexually assaulted by a, a big hollywood producer oh. and when he said something to his agent and manager about it and asked for an apology that's when he got blacklisted and all of a sudden no auditions were coming in and he wasn't being offered anything and he was like taking these like dumb roles that no one cared about and his career and then his marriage fell apart and Mm. he was dealing with a lot of stuff in his life Mm. and so you know he took like a a 20-year hiatus really from the business and so for him to return with the whale and this way and to win the Oscar, it just it just shows yeah. you like how triumphant it yeah. really is and resilient he is as an as an mm. actor, as a human. So it's a beautiful win. Oh, that makes sense. That that adds so much color to this to the emotion that he was showing on stage and kind of to his speech. I, I knew that he was away for a long time. I didn't know that it was a assault. 
experience. That's really devastating. Yeah. I'm glad he's back. Yeah. Very happy for him. Make that splash, baby. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to pivot. We got to talk about Miley. Oh, Miley. Because it is her year. Speaking of people who are making a triumphant return. Yes. Miley, she's back. I listened to the album this morning. Okay. What did you think? We haven't spoken about it. I love, I think that, um, I really appreciate that it feels like all shades of Miley. It's like, it's got her like country roots a little bit. It's got like some ballads. It's Mm -hmm. got some pop. It's got some like, yeah, hit the dance floor. I want to like throw my hair, my sweaty hair back and forth, like Kylie Minogue, vibey pop. Yes. And then it's got like a beautiful song that I think is maybe dedicated to her mother wonder woman yeah yes yes and I love the flowers demo at the end Mm. I was like okay top to bottom this is a journey it's a little bit like you're going to different corners of Miley's repertoire and talent but it felt like a full picture of Miley and I liked that yeah yeah I love that I love hearing that yeah I I thought well first of all I love that you know the opener is the single that she released Mm -hmm. and so it's like you kind of already have an end to what the story is going to be about right right? and I mean everybody talked about you know yeah the subliminal messages Mm -hmm. behind the lyrics and the music video and everything right and so like that being our entry point already yeah. And then to like follow along with the rest of the, the album and the way the songs guide you through it all is, yeah, I thought it was really beautiful top to finish. Just a, a wonderful experience listening yeah. to it. And vocally, the vocals are so stunning. I feel like, yeah. you know, she she's also gone through a lot and had her ups and downs yeah. throughout her journey, you know, post Hannah Montana trying to prove herself as like a a, a real singer recording artist and not being taken seriously you know not being able to shake off the reputation of hannah montana that disney shadow the disney shadow is real um but i feel like this album she's really like brought her like vocal genius to the table her producerial genius i know she helped a lot with the production of a lot of the songs and so um, and also songwriting abilities, yeah. too. She's a great songwriter. Yeah, I don't remember what the title is. It's one of the, I think it's like the fourth or fifth song that uh, feels like a ballad. I was really impressed by that one. I, I, I'm totally blanking on the lyrics. Again, I only listened to the album once and a half through today. But it felt reminiscent of like, kind of like a 90s country pop. It's like Reba McIntyre, but Dixie Chicks, or sorry, The Chicks. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kind of like, really made me want to like, throw down a beer bottle and like sing it with my girls at a karaoke bar. (laughs) I don't know how to explain it, but I was like, yes, Miley. Like I love, and then it went into river, I think, Mm -hmm. which was like that combo really slapped me across the face. I was like, this girl's got range. She's got different corners and she can hang just as hard in all of them. And that's really I love her for it. Yes, yes. We love her. Also just her talking voice right now. I feel Mm. like she's stepped into a different power of herself she really has she was talking on her instagram in this video like explaining the album and her voice is like deeper and like powerful and her whole body is like shredded and she (laughs) just looks gorgeous and she's talking with this like tenacity that i was like oh man i'm entranced by miley cyrus right now yeah she feels like really grounded or like herself which is cool to see yeah yeah i mean you know everybody talks about the disney curse right and like what happens when you go through the 
rigorous Disney Channel, you know, yeah. teenage years yeah. and what that does to you, both like physically, the exhaustion that it brings, uh, a psychological exhaustion mm-hmm. that it brings. Right. And I think it really took her a while to to get over that phase and to just yeah. find her, her true artistry, right. her true voice, right? What she wants to say. And yeah, I feel like she's like finally arrived. Right. And it's really wonderful and thrilling. Because I don't know about you, but like I definitely like grew up on like Hannah mm. Montana and mm-hmm. like all the Disney Channel yeah. originals and stuff. Yeah. And so like I feel like I kind of grew up with her. I'm yeah. only like a year younger than her age wise. And so I do feel like I'm also coming into terms with myself in a lot of new ways. And yeah. seeing her do that too, it, it kind of feels like oh a bit of an emotional God. moment, you, you know? Living parallel lives with Miley Cyrus? A little bit. Call me Hannah Montana. Okay, Shoot. Hannah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> I want to be living parallel with Miley. <laughs> no, yeah, like a lot of those Disney Channel kids, like Demi and hannah i mean miley i guess um <laughs> selena you know like oh, they were all selena. like 92 93 girlies so wow. i was like right there with them is, it, what, is that when you were born 94 wow, wow. Baby. sweet baby sweet baby i love selena gomez that's another thing people have been wanting me to comment on and i don't care to necessarily the Haley versus selena of it all yeah i'm really out of the loop with that one too it seems to me like the drama's not that thick do you want me to tell you or do a you little bit yeah okay Haley basically is being accused of doing some mean girl stuff oh making fun of selena making remarks about selena it started earlier in the year when selena went on vacation and like posted photos of her body necessarily like in a swimsuit and i think there was like some body shaming stuff going on oh, from sure. Haley's camp mm. But it's all allegedly because it's like through TikToks that are vague, but it's like, so it's all he said, she said stuff, which is kind of like why I don't care too much to jump on the bandwagon of picking a side because it's like, we don't know for sure what's going on, but it does look like Haley is maybe being a little nasty. Mm. It's all just dumb, dumb stuff, but people are like, Haley, leave Selena alone. Like, when are you going to like move on and like stop being nasty to her? Jesus Christ. And so I'm just saying I've always loved Selena. I think that she's got a little more like wisdom and like healthy levels of maturity to her. So it seems she doesn't like poke the fire in the way that it seems maybe yeah. like Haley likes to do. Yeah. Did you and watch a documentary on Apple TV? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. It was I've, very interesting. I, I, I've watched a lot of those like celebrity like personal documentary i feel like that became like a thing in the past three years like everyone has one Mm -hmm. but this was the first one that felt just like genuine and messy and complex and i'm like oh whoa like that makes sense totally and it also what i appreciated about it is that it didn't end with the happy ending of like i'm better now and everything's Mm -hmm. good and i'm going Mm -hmm. on tour (laughs) like he's like that's usually how they end right hers was like i'm still a mess and i'm trying to figure this out but like I'm glad I got to share this side of me with you. Like yeah. that was the ending. And I really, I also felt like good for her because she shared so much of her journal and her real, her personal vulnerable thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Through that documentary in a way that like, I was thinking about it for myself. Could I sit here on this podcast, for example, and like read my journal out loud? Mm. I wouldn't want to. No, <laughs> no. So that's, no, no, it's no. impressive that someone with that many people curious about her life, she's opening that door. So yeah, so big 
Um, and it just made me want to like hold her and take care of her. Oh. Yeah, I have a little bit of a crush on Selena. Ooh. Yeah, like I want to like be there for her. Yeah. And like oh, give her a hug. Yeah. A long hug. Long, long <laughs> hug. Like a long, tight, you know, hug. Yeah. She's a little bit of my crush right now. Do you have a celeb crush right now? Oh my God. <laughs> ben Aldridge. Do you know who Ben Aldridge is? No. Oh my God. Do you, did you ever watch Fleabag? No, and I've been wanting to for oh, two years. Um, did you watch? There's a movie called Spoiler Alert that came out like a few months ago with Jim Parsons. Oh no, I don't know that either. Oh my god! Did you watch Knock at the Cabin? The mo- the oh, M Night Shyamalan movie. No, but I know movie? I know what it is. Yeah, so he's like the one of the main two guys. Okay, so not um, Jonathan Groff. Yes, thank yeah, you. Yeah, he's not Jonathan okay. Groff, but the other okay. one. Yes. Okay. Cute. Major. Okay. Major, major. What, what gave you the crush? Where, where'd it come from? Well, first, Fleabag. Okay. I was like, whoa, because he plays like the, the like, uh, the like weird, like horny priest oh. that she like <laughs> hooks up with in the first few episodes. Oh my gosh, what a um, And I was like, oh, this priest is hot. And then. <laughs> and You're then, horny for the horny priest. And then, and then I looked him up and I was like, oh, he's queer. Mm. And in real life, the actor, and then he just kept appearing in all these like queer movies. Mm. And I've just been. A fan. So into it. Yeah. I'm sad that I don't know him better so I can say more about it, but that's great. I'll you should look, look him I'll up. Look, I will. Yeah. I'll dive in. Um, I was hoping you were going to say Jacob Elordi. Oh, <laughs> yeah, missed just... opportunity. <laughs> missed opportunity. But you know, he, Jacob's a baby. What do you mean? Really young? Yeah. He's like. Really? He's like, he was born like 99 or something or 2000. What? Yeah. He was like 20 when he started filming Euphoria. So, you guys, we saw him last night. We did. We did. We <laughs> did. his dog last night. Oh, yeah, with his dog. Yeah, we saw him with his dog. and He's so tall. Yeah, very handsome in yes. real life. I mean, it was he had a hat on, and we just re- I recognized his jawline. The jawline. Immediately it was him. Yeah. And I went, can I pet your dog? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you and Michaela didn't pet the dog. But no, we didn't. We were trying to keep our cool. I wonder if everyone would guess what kind of dog he had because it felt kind of surprising and also not to me. Yeah, it felt on brand for me. Yeah. At first I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I was like, no, actually, that's probably perfectly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, gonna get, I'm, I'm letting this pause happen so that anyone listening can think about what, what it is. I love it. Three, two, one. It was a golden retriever. <laughs> 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 but yeah, he looked great. And I I feel like he's a lot of people's crushes, so... And for good reason, that man is hot. He's hot. Stupid. He's hot. Um, okay. This has been great. I know that there's more pop culture stuff, but I want to talk a little bit about you because we're, we're getting deep into the time here, and I want to actually, like, explain who you are for yes. a minute. So let's, let's give a little rundown. Tell, tell me and the people what you're doing with your life right now. And, yeah, like, just where you are and who you are in, like, a little capsule of, like, the right now 2023 xavier clark totally so right now i am a writer mm-hmm. i write uh plays for the stage and and screenplays for film and i'm currently just writing away on some some new scripts which is very exciting um i'm going back and forth between new york and la i split my time between yeah. the two coasts my coastal baddie. Man. Yeah, wow. My coastal baddie. And uh, I also teach at uh, New York University. I'm, a, I'm an adjunct faculty member in a Tisch. Adjunct. I've always been perplexed by that word. What does it mean? It means you're not full time. 
Oh, adjunct. Adjunct. How yes. do you spell it? A D J U N C T. Adjunct. Okay. Yes. Adjunct faculty. That's the least interesting thing about all what you just said, but it's what I got hooked on. <laughs> <laughs> like, tell me about adjunct. <laughs> okay, so it's so amazing to me that you write scripts and screenplays. Let's talk more about that. You're working on some projects now. You have a project coming to the theater this year. Yes, I do. Yes. How's that feel? Is it your first time? What's going on with that? Yeah, so it's it's the first time uh, my 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 writing is being staged mm-hmm. uh, in a in a in a sort of I guess like big league scenario. Uh, yeah. It'll be in New York this fall in October, and uh, it's a little little play called Backstroke Boys. That's the oh, title. you didn't tell me that that's what it was called. Yeah, that's the oh title. Oh my god, Backstroke Boys. I'm hot for that title. What does it bring up for you when you hear it? Well, you told me the story, so I'm immediately like a little bit feeling um, like I'm swimming backstroke in a horny way. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I wanted to elicit with the title, so... The title is doing what it needs to do. <laughs> yeah, I immediately felt like, ooh, that's like such a perfect name for, for what it's about. And also, obviously, it sounds a little bit like Backstreet Boys, which excited me. I know. People get a lot of different uh, uh, homonyms out of it. You know, Backstreet Boys. Someone was like Bareback Boys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... You could have, that mm, could have worked as a title. Okay, as well. <laughs> right. Well, especially if you, when you like do the initials for the play. It's like BB, you know? Yeah. And they're like, oh, BB, you know? <laughs> Because, like, if you, like, yeah, anyways, I'm not going to go further into that reference. Um, oh, I mean, you can. I mean, I guess I could. Um, but but it's a coming-of-age story. It's It takes place at a high school swimming team. And it's about these two boys who meet on their first day of, of, of swim team uh, practice and sort of, like, build a, a friendship that, that grows. And through their friendship, they start to come to terms with, like, who they are, what they like, and, and what they believe in, and, and sort of grappling with, you know, the things that were prescribed onto them by their families, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, like, this is your truth, this is what you believe in, versus the things that they're actually feeling in their bodies as they, you know, um, build this relationship with one yeah. another. And so it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's dark, it's funny, it's, it's heart-wrenching at times, but um, it's a story that I've been working on for four years, and so it's really so cool. uh, surreal that it's starting to come to fruition. Yeah, it's incredible. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Just like I can't even imagine what the process is from starting to write a story to pitching it to people to getting it accepted to then building it out what we were talking about last night like oh okay then how do you start the casting process and getting a director and building the team there's so many steps that go into it that I can't even imagine doing while you also have full-time jobs and like it's a lot it's It's a lot cool that you're making it happen yeah it takes a lot of balancing for sure and I think I've learned what that balance looks like with my life and everything I need to do slash want to do but I feel like I'm finally getting to a point where I can balance it all and and, and still keep going and so that's really thrilling yeah hell yeah and that's all happening meanwhile you're writing another one I am yeah I'm writing a whole (laughs) nother play um I've been working on that for uh, almost two years close to two years at this point um and that's a that's a play called icons okay Um, that's the title of that play is it about you and me yeah, literally. How'd you guess? <laughs> uh, it's just two people on the stage 
podcasting yeah basically uh, i mean not that far <laughs> off it literally is about these two writers who are interviewing each other no way um yeah whoa <laughs> and then <laughs> cool. the interview kind of uh, spirals out of control and you start to realize that not everything is is what it seems like it is um in the play oh. so it's it's uh it's it's about you know legacy letting go passing the baton um creative energy and 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 what does it mean to like leave a legacy behind as a creative person mm. really um so it's it's been a long time coming but that'll be we'll present a reading of it in la this summer in july cool. so that's another exciting thing that i'm cooking up is that something that i can attend yes you can attend oh fun anybody okay. in la can attend and consider me in i love it i can't wait oh my god cool so when you start writing something do you write from usually like a personal thing that you're working through? Is it like not, is it fiction that you're coming up with? And like, tell me how you start writing plays specifically. Yeah. I think for me, it always has to do with something that sort of like I'm grappling with, mm. like something that I don't have an answer for. Um, and, and so, you know, when I was writing backstroke boys, I was really interested in going back to a time in my high school experience and, and examining it through my, as my older self, right? And to see like how that experience actually has impacted the ways in which I, I show up mm. in my life today. Yeah, That was kind of like the starting point for mm. that. And so it was a lot of like time traveling and, and, and investigating certain things that had happened in my life and certain ways in which I had connected with people or didn't connect with people. Yeah. And, and that's kind of how I, I got into um, writing backstroke boys um but it's always it always starts with a question that i cannot answer mm. and so then like through the act of writing I, I i try to figure out an answer and i never yeah. try to like get to an answer by the end of the story i always want to leave with like a lot of options and nuance mm. and complexity so that like after people leave the theater then they can like go home and think about it sure and draw their own conclusions from it i never yeah. want to like prescribe like that's my biggest ick as a writer oh. is when i like see something and it's like prescribing like a belief yeah. onto me mm. you know i'm like no i want to leave the theater and like just be left with like a bunch of questions that right. then i have to go home and like interrogate on yeah, my think own more about look inwards for yeah that's cool do you feel like you um, find it therapeutic to write about your own personal questions and experiences? I don't know if therapeutic is the way I would describe <laughs> it. Maybe cathartic fair, <laughs> is, fair. Is, a, is a better term. Um, yeah, definitely. Like there's a scene in Backstroke Boys that was like so hard to write. Mm. And even now it's like one of those scenes that like I can't be in the room when they're working on it. Like I have to physically remove myself because it's, um, it's just very raw. It's a very raw scene and, um, confronting. Yeah. Very confronting in a way that like, it's like, it's like the thing that I wish had happened in my life that didn't happen. Oh, like I wish I had confronted certain things in the way that in the play it's being confronted. Wow. And so then like when I am literally face to face with a reenactment of it, it like brings up so much for me that I have to like yeah, physically wow. remove myself from the room and oh that's so interesting yeah but I bet there is some there is some form of healing or like yeah you're working through it in some way by writing it and of witnessing course. it and 
being confronted by it, even of though it's course. uncomfortable, it's probably really moving some stuff around for you in your head. Of course, of course. Yeah. And I've always, I always try to go to those, those, you know, uglier parts of myself that I, I in my day to day, try not to mm. confront, right? I try to go to those places in my writing. And so in that sense, it, it feels cathartic when I'm yeah. writing it. And then in the aftermath, I think once I get it out, then I can like revisit yeah. it and then the healing can start to happen. But I feel like first I just need to like vomit it out. Yeah. And then it's like, it's like, it's like when you like, you know, have a stomach bug, right? And you're like, just like the pain is like so unbearable and you're feeling nauseous. And then once mm. you throw up, right, <laughs> then you can actually start taking like your meds and hydrating yeah. and doing everything. It's kind of like yeah. that. It's like once I like vomit the issue out, then I can like work towards healing yeah. um, through the rewrite process or through being in rehearsals when it's you right. know being produced, um, all that good stuff. Uh, I'm really excited for you. It's so cool that this is all happening right Thank now. You. Like what a, what a fun journey and hard journey that you're embarking on. And it's going to be cool to kind of witness you going through it. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a long time coming. I mean, I've been working my butt off for quite some time yeah. and, you know, it's just the beginning. This is just the beginning. I can't wait to get you back on the pod in like four years when you're famous yes on broadway baby yes baby oh my god <laughs> and we're so excited to come and support you and see it and this is just the beginning so yes. let's consider us with tickets at all shows oh my gosh i can't wait to share it with you <laughs> <laughs> oh i want to ask you so many more questions about yourself but i feel like we need to wrap it up mm -hmm. but um wow first of all just thank you for sharing all of that I feel so glad to know you a little bit more and also to know more about your pop culture background. I didn't know any of that. So that was fun. Yeah. I'm picturing you as a young lad in Turkey, which we haven't talked about either. He's from Turkey. It's just I so am. crazy. I know. Um, <laughs> to be watching TRL and like an only child and turned into this like prolific, suave young man that's like writing beautiful <laughs> plays about stuff that's happening that's big and profound internal emotional stuff. It's cool. You're, you're interesting. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Hal. <laughs> and fashionable as hell. Oh, my god! I need you to get, give me some tips. So I'll, I'll give you, you a wardrobe makeover. I would love. It's too bad you're getting on a plane in like two hours. I know. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> Come back and help me immediately. Um, okay, so I'm going to ask you the big and final question of this podcast, the backbone of hot cont. What we kind of talked about so much pop culture, but I, I'm curious what right now has got you hot. What is the thing that's in the culture at the moment that you feel like you're really into and it's got you excited? Definitely The Last of Us mm. on HBO. That, you know, finale was like... I actually haven't watched a finale. <gasps> so please be careful with Okay, me. no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. But I know, I'm behind. It's bad. Yeah, but um, I, yeah, I, I love... It's just so interesting. When I first started watching it, I was like a video game. Yeah. Like, bleh, I'm not yeah. into that. But especially one about zombies. Right. You know, like, apocalyptic. It's yeah. like we just. I feel like we went through the end of the world right. the past few too years. Soon. I know. Too soon. Like a, 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 a like you know pandemic turned yeah. into like you know end of the world. Right. But the the emotional arc that is stitched into every yeah. single episode, every character, every detail is so compelling and rich yeah. and human that um, it's it's such a thrill to watch it week after week. Yeah. Um, I mean, episode three, like, 
talk about best episode of tv all year truly truly incredible best. oh my god did i tell you like the day after that episode aired i ran into murray Bar- bartlett no, no. at earth bar on on santa monica boulevard here in west hollywood right by my house yes right by your house i was coming out of a berries class no. and i was going to get my smoothie after berries and i walk in oh my god and he's right there with his partner <sighs> It was like the day, I think it was like, maybe like, what was it? Like the, the SAG Awards or Golden Globes. Like there was an award night the day before. Yeah. And he was there like right next to me. I was like, and I like looked at him and he was like, not it's fine. I'm like, oh my God. Episode three. Yeah. Holy cow. He's so handsome and sweet too. So beautiful. I know. And like, uh, talk about like longevity, right? Like he's, you know, he's been acting for like, two decades at this point. And I point. feel like he's really picked up momentum lately. I mean, lately, ever since yeah. White Lotus, but I loved him in Looking. Did you watch Looking? I did. I have I such did. a crush on him in Looking. Oh my God, I know. He's amazing. Mm. Ugh, that show I loved. Shouldn't have gone away, but... No. Yeah, okay, so that's amazing. And maybe I'll just go to Earth Bar all the time just you in should. case he comes back. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> should. Yeah. So between like Murray in episode three and like Pedro, Pascal through the, the whole, whole season. Papa Pascal. Papa Pascal. So... He's just got everyone in the grip of his little hand, doesn't he? Does. He does. I mean, also, like, comes from a theater background, yeah, you know? He's a big New York theater girly, and, like, yeah. now is killing it in, in film and yeah. TV. So it's, it's just amazing. amazing. It it really surprised me, the show. I I wasn't expecting to like it so much. And it, it's been fun because I've been working on it, right. which has been nice to, like, be working on a show that's so globally celebrated at the moment. That's mm-hmm. been really cool. I met the guy that plays Tommy last weekend. Oh, wow. We did an event at South by and he was there and so sweet. And he told the sweetest stories of like what working with the cast was like. And it just sounds like everyone on the team loves it just as much as the world is loving it, which is so Mm. nice. And it just, Mm -hmm. yeah, I was surprised by how moved I was by literally every single episode. Yeah. But I can't wait to watch a finale and I'm sad I haven't watched it yet. I just, it's been a weird week, but yeah, that's a great answer. I'm I've already last week the last episode my what I was hot for was Pedro, so I can't go there again. <laughs> You're like I've, I've exhausted my Pedro card. <laughs> <laughs> I know like, people are tired of right. me talking about it, but uh um okay, I'm hot for Love Island right now. I oh. have been wanting to do a whole episode dedicated to Love Island. I just haven't done it yet and I mm. need to find someone that's as heady about it as I am. Mm-hmm. I didn't even ask you that. Do you watch it? I don't. Yeah. I don't. It's not. It's not something that uh, I'm. I'm very into. Fair enough. Yeah, I tried to get into it, but um, just yeah. something about. I don't know. Something about it didn't like gel Rip. for me. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. As much as I'm obsessed with it, I can also understand why people wouldn't be. Um, I think the only reason that I I think that I'm in a good situation to really like that show. I think it has to be people that, like, can watch a lot of TV. Yeah. I work from home Mondays and Fridays, and I just keep it on in the background. Mm. So, like, every Tuesday and every Saturday, I feel absolutely obsessed with it because I just watched a marathon. (laughs) (laughs) So, they just feel like my friends that are, like, coexisting with me. I love it. So, at the moment, um, I'll just say this because you don't know what I'm talking about. But Casa Amor ended, and I'm hot for that because Casa Amor is this thing that happens all the couples who've been working on their relationships now for like four weeks already get pulled apart they take the girls and take them to another house called Casa Amor and they go and stay for four days with a new batch of guys and then they bring in a whole bunch of new girls for the guys and it's basically like this temptation to like see if they're gonna flirt and hook up with new people or if they don't 
And all the couples that you think are the strongest are the ones that kind of crack and the ones that you think aren't the strongest are the ones that are loyal and it makes your head spin and it's crazy. And I just get really invested in these couples. And oh when God. I see them like making out with other people, I'm like, ah, <laughs> no. So um, it's over now and the couples have all kind of situated and I'm just relieved. I'll say that. Wow. What a journey. <laughs> I know. And I'm at the end of the day, I'm really hot for Will and Jesse, who anyone, anyone that's a Love Islander, I'm obsessed with them. I was sad that they almost cracked. They're back together. I'm happy again. Wow. Will and Jesse. Mm -hmm. Go Will and Jesse. They're like the dorks. Oh, really? And they're in love. Oh, you're hot for the dorks. I'm hot for the dorks, which okay. I'm not usually. Mm. But this season, I am obsessed with the dorks Ooh, i know i love it what are you not into right now what is your ick of of culture of the time my ick yeah oh i didn't pre i don't think i told you that you had to do this but it's okay i i think i can come up with something you're like gwyneth paltrow oh my god right <laughs> gwyneth paltrow is the ick honestly i just feel like uh i'm tiktok sounds are my ick mm. Like, I just, <laughs> I'm just over the fact that, like, they take a sound, whether it's, yeah. like, a sped up version of a song that I love, or it's, like, you know, uh, 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 an iconic, like, interview sound mm. from, like, a Wendy Williams episode. Yeah. And it just is, like, on loop all the time. Yep. And it just, like kills the joy of like wanting to if it's a song right yeah but also like there's an element for me personally where like i feel like a lot of the like like speaking sounds are like iconic like black people yeah like black actors particularly black actresses right mm. and just seeing like non-black people like lip syncing yeah. and using it and Almost like taking on like uh, 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 like the, the the physical like mm. life of like a black woman. Oh, that's it's, interesting. It like the performance of it all is really dist I find it disturbing. Sure. And I know it's TikTok it's supposed to be light, whatever. You know, there's kids on it, but I I, I just can't see beyond that. Yeah. Just like seeing like non-black bodies like trying to match their lips to black sounds right. um, that just really gives me the ick. So I think like, I'm just not hot on TikTok sounds. I'm laughing because earlier, right before we got here, I was running around the house singing the TikTok sound. <laughs> and it's over. Do you know that one? I do know. Of course. I know all of it. That's the thing. I know all of it. And I have the ick. I, I, that song has got me, it's got its foot on my throat. Um, <laughs> but I agree with you though. What, what I don't like about the TikTok sounds trend is the way that music that's been cut on TikTok for whatever, for the trend, is now on Spotify. Mm -hmm. Like you'll be listening. So like here at work, we like let whatever is like the hot playlist on Spotify, like just loop. And that'll be like a 30 second like TikTok clip, like makes it into the top 100. And you're like, oh, wow. No, <laughs> like no it's we don't want to hear that. Haunted us now to the main channels. Like, yeah. I, keep it on TikTok at yeah. least. If it's going to be a sound, keep it yeah. where it belongs. So that bugs me. But um, I'm not for, oh, this is a personal thing. And this is going to sound so pretentious and annoying, but I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I am going to say it because I need to hold myself accountable. I'm currently mm. not into greasy food. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I have been having a greasy food kick lately, and it has made me feel so ill, and I'm like, when am I going to learn? Like, why do I need to keep pushing myself into the, the corners of eating greasy food? And I was just traveling last right. week, and I feel this is, this is the gripe, is that, like, when you're traveling, it's really hard to find 
accessible, easy food that's healthy. That's true. And like affordable or at least like, yeah, accessible, um, especially in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I gained five pounds of like grease weight, which I don't know how to explain, but I can feel it as a different type of weight on my body. I feel oily in ways that I just... I don't know. So I'm, I think I'm frustrated with the ability to find good, healthy food while traveling. And I think that's a system problem in our country. It's like there's fast foods, restaurants on every corner next to every hotel and in the airport, but there's not like a place to get a bowl or a salad in the way that there is in LA. Right. Like I just need some healthier food options when I'm out and about. Cause otherwise I just like destroy my body. And for a full week I'm in recovery. Right. Right. I mean like, I think it would be so nice if you were like on a road trip and like next to the gas station, there was like a sweet green, you right. know, that you could just like pull up and get a salad exactly. from instead of being like, oh, I guess my options are either Sonic or Wendy's yeah. or, you know, Whataburger. Burger King. Oh, yeah. yeah. In your case, Whataburger, Whataburger, right? Which I had and it tasted good, but it destroyed me. Oh, no. Anyways, that's why I got this Sun Life hat. Because mm-hmm. I went to a Sun Life in Austin, Texas, because I was like, I need a smoothie. I need like an acai, acai bowl. bowl. I need something. <laughs> It's like not a greasy burger. It was the only yeah. thing I could find. And you know how expensive that place is. Of course. So I paid like $30 for a smoothie. Yeah. Instead of the only other options, which were burgers. I was like, yeah. oh, this is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, where's Goop Kitchen? I need my freaking bone broth. Goop on the go, baby. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that should do it. That should do it. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the pod. Likewise. Thank you for having me. It's been an me. absolute pleasure having you in the home. Thank you. You're welcome whenever you want. Thank you. I cannot wait to be back. Tell everyone where they can find you on the internet if you want them to. If you don't want them to, then no worries. You can find me at Xavier B as in boy Clark on Instagram. Xavier B as in Backstreet Boys. Oh, Backstroke Boys. Oh, <laughs> oh it no. got you. It got you. <laughs> nice attempt, but it got